Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. I'm Pastor Craig Hagan, and you're welcome. You're listening to Rama's Weekly Podcast with myself and Tony McKinnon. Um, we're excited to to be here today to to share whatever with you. I was going to say <laughs> share the word with you, but you know, it's not always the word. Sometimes it's, it's a word. It's a word. You know, here on the podcast, we just try to have a, have fun and talk to your listeners out there and give you some good advice, give you some funny stories and do whatever we, we want to do. I mean, you know, it's, it's our podcast and yeah. it's, it's our world. You just live in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, we do like to hear from you though. We, you know, you, if, if you want to talk to us, um, you can email us now. We have a, a new email, Rama. sorry, sorry, excuse me, said it wrong, podcast at rhema.org podcast at rhema.org and it comes right to my ipad if you'll just email me that and let us know how much you like the podcast how much you don't like the podcast um you know things we should talk about things we shouldn't talk about you know and how funny we are or not you know (laughs) my wife says people just you know just laugh because they just you know courtesy laugh type thing quite a bit also we want you to join us on social media um we're at Raymond podcast on facebook and on instagram as long as they'll keep us up there um, and we put some behind the scenes pictures and and things whenever of our podcast and our guest and you can see what granny's attic looks like yeah, um, granny's it's attic. not really granny's attic it is what we call the Raymond studios but for quite a while we put a lot of junk in the studio and well, you know it does bear a shocking resemblance if you've ever seen you know christmas vacation with chevy chase is in the attic yeah. you know it's yeah yeah, so. but but does does Chevy Chase has some organs in, in their yeah. attic? And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I'm, we're a little I'm not talking. I'm not talking about. He human, did have a projector. I'm up not there, talking though. about human organs. We're talking about a B three. Yeah, and, but he did, and, a, he had a projector up there because yeah. he watched mo- home movies. Yeah. Also, we got the old sound equipment around around here. I mean, you know, the unfortunate part about the sound equipment. These are we have some expensive sound equipment here. <laughs> There's several dollars worth of stuff. The, it up was here. expensive and it was state of the art. Yeah. <laughs> a number of years ago, but <laughs> n- now it's state of nothing. <laughs> state of trash um so but you know you can see some behind the scenes photos of of um of our junk room or whatever you might call it you know it's just a you know but we also you know you can you can reach out and and talk to us online as well and also on at the rama podcast on facebook we also every podcast we have we we put that out there as well well today tony we were talking about it and we decided that we never actually heard your Rama story. I mean, you know, we know you're from Willacoochee, is that is it? Willacoochee. Willacoochee, yeah. Georgia. And, you know, we know you ended up here at Rama as a student. We, we know eventually you end up here as an instructor. Um, but we don't know what happened and why and, and who and where and, and what you're doing. So talk about your, 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 yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's, that's something you like to talk about, right? <laughs> you know, give, give us your, your testimony of, of, of how you, you were saved and how you ended up at Raymond and what you did, because you know, you just didn't go to Raymond, become an instructor, correct? I mean, that is you, correct. I mean, that you, was the furthest thing from my you know, mind. There was some progression there yes, absolutely. before we, we brought back, we were looking for some, who is someone that, 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 you know, this mediocre, we could cut. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> me, me and Tony like We that. really need to lower the average here. We, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have some real good instructors, so let's get Tony there. Yeah, no, no, just we're just we're just giving Tony a hard time. We like to give each other hard times. So, so here we are. You know, we're, we're born in. Were you were born in Willacoochee. Yeah, I was born. Well, actually, the you know, there's nothing in Willacoochee. Daddy was born in Willacoochee. Born in the house that we lived in when I was little. But uh, the hospital 
was actually in Douglas, Georgia, uh, yeah. Coffee County. We're Atkinson County. So I was born South Georgia. Uh, we were farmers. Yeah, uh, and, you, and you said there, there's one stoplight in your whole county? Is that what uh, you there is now. There wasn't even one at all. Then we had a four-way stop. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't know. The, the, the so, so you were born in, you know, in a metropolitan area right yeah, there. Metropolitan. Know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're yeah. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I was kind of like, if you heard the podcast with with Justin, uh, when we came here to go to school, I mean, this was, I think I'd been to Atlanta once in my life. Yeah. Well, and Atlanta's a pretty good, good size yeah, town. And, but this was the biggest place I'd ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, just uh, so my story, we um, born down there and, and growing up in South Georgia, farming life. And uh, we were, uh, grew up in a Methodist church. And to be quite honest, uh, in the 70s, uh, coming off of kind of the momentum of of the Jesus movement that uh, had started on the West Coast, um, that little Methodist church where I grew up really experienced genuine revival. And there were young families, young couples with kids like my mother and father being uh, born again, um, uh, bunches of them. And, uh, and so that's where we were. Prior to them accepting Christ, I, my granny would pick, come and pick me up and take me to, to church every Sunday morning. And uh, then they were just, new, I mean, the church was, was growing exponentially just as, as young couples were coming in. And so then I accepted Christ in 1977. And one of the places that uh, connected with the Methodist church that we would go was Gaskin Springs Campground. And it was an open air tabernacle. I can still remember it so vividly. <laughs> Walking there, I was. There was three people raised their hand, all eyes closed, every head bowed. So, so you had a real camp meeting actually real, out, out of campground. We sure did. Yeah, no, because so, our camp meeting that we have here is is an indoor camp meeting mm-hmm. where we don't camp out. Yeah. That kind of stuff. This was the real deal, and uh, I remember. Uh, that 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 uh, minister lingered because there was the third person that still hadn't come to the altar, and it was me. <laughs> and I finally did, gave my heart to Jesus, and uh, from that point, um, really, really was. Um, so, was, how old were you? I was eight years old. Eight years old. Yeah, and that was I was a genuine uh, um, believer. And if you can remember the little, the living the paperback living Bibles, I wore one of them out. Oh wow! Uh, during that time, and and loved the Lord and loved that little Methodist church, and uh, but it was during that late seventies on into the eighties, on the heels of the Jesus movement, the charismatic movement made its way into our world, and um, my parents uh, were were into that, and and uh, Daddy I began to observe him going to full gospel businessmen's meetings, and I began to hear the name Hagen. Yeah, and uh, and then then mom and daddy would have um, home prayer meetings, and folks would gather in our living room and and uh, share the word, and we would hear them praying in a in a different language, me and my brothers, and we didn't know what that was all about. And daddy would uh, I would I, I can remember listening, hearing, uh, and watching he and mama l- listening to cassette tapes at night, and I thought that was the strangest thing to be doing. Wonder why we're watching TV? We got two channels. <laughs> hey, there's some listeners out there that still listen to cassette tapes. Um, I, I know because whenever they come to town, they try to buy them. I mean, yeah. so it's, but they would listen to Brother Hagen. Yeah. 
and that voice stuck with me. And so then um, they, like Brother Hagin used to say, Mom and Daddy got the left foot of fellowship from the Methodist Church finally yeah. and began going to a um, storefront uh, church. It wasn't really even a church at that time because it hadn't really organized. It was a, a group meeting, but rather large um, in the, over in that next town of Douglas. And, um, and so it was during that time that actually I backslid. That was, that was about 1984. And so, uh, so you were in high school. Then. I was in high school and, and, um, just something about removing that structure that I had in the Methodist church. Um, I don't know. It, 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 it provided me the opportunity to make a lot of wrong decisions, but what was interesting we had a, a youth pastor, the first one I'd ever known, been in that little little group, and she was a Rama grad. So it's like Rama was always, since the 70s, make inching its way into my life. And she tried her best to wrangle me and get a lasso around me, but it didn't work. And so... Because um, you were a little ornery? I was a little ornery. Yeah. I was a lot ornery. A lot ornery? I, I came to church on Sunday and brought my tithe, because that's what good Southern boys do, but... But the rest of the time, I wasn't too sweet. You weren't too sweet. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, so so there was all of that. And then um, I guess. Uh, Speaking of 1984, did you read that book? I read, the, I read it in 1984, 1984 in high school. In high school, yeah. <laughs> yeah we did. It required yeah. reading. Yeah. Sure was. Speaking back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I felt like we've lived it all over again. Yeah. And so um, I, I guess. Um, uh, it was it was 1989 because uh, so you already graduated by then yeah and and we graduated I graduated in 87 and it was our it was halfway through um, the, our senior year we had a new preacher come to town for the Assembly of God Church in our county and his daughter caught my eye and uh, I was uh, when he brought her to the school to check her in to transfer her. Uh, me and my cousin was up against the wall getting the paddling, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't think it was love at first sight. But uh, before this, before the year was out, we were dating, and then we got married December of '88. And uh, she said the only time she ever missed, missed church is when she married me, <laughs> and it was '89 when I came back to the Lord in that Assembly of God Church, and uh, fell in, uh, still remember the. Fellow was there doing a revival named George O'Berry. And I came to the altar, gave my heart back to Jesus, received baptism in the Holy Ghost that night. And the first time I'd ever been what we'd call slain in the spirit. And uh, the surprising part, you were able to get married. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To, to the pastor's daughter. Yeah. Yep. When you weren't really serving Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I think he knew all along. He kept a close eye on me. <laughs> and uh, and so we, we got right involved almost immediately um, in that church, Kim and I serving in just about every capacity. Um, but, and in, you know, it may sound kind of corny to some of our listeners, but we were big farmers and spent, you know, a lot of time on a tractor. And we had a lot of big equipment with, you know, cabs, you know, tractors and combines. And um, and so when I, when I gave my uh, life back to the Lord and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I stopped listening to the country radio station. And I found the gospel station, local radio station. Well, um, on that radio station in the mornings 
was Faith Seminar of the Air. And there was that voice again. I recognized yeah, the voice. The voice. That yeah. same voice that I'd heard Daddy listening to in the late 70s, early 80s on them cassette tapes. And so then after a few weeks of that, I went to Daddy and I said, Daddy, I said, that Hagen fella that's on the radio, don't you have a bunch of his stuff? He said, yeah, go in my office. You can have anything you want. And so I went into his library in his office, and it was full of books and tapes. And the first thing I picked up off the shelf was How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. That's the first book I ever read other than the Bible. And so that's... That, you mean the first Christian because you read 1984. I read 1984, first Christian <laughs> Because book. you had to. Yeah, yeah, and I read the Hardy Boys mystery. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But you didn't have to read the Hardy yeah. Boys and in college. Cur- and Curious George. And Curious George. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about Dr. Seuss? I'm, I'm, and I, never, I never was fond of Dr. Seuss. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about the C. Dick Run, C. Jane Run? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> might have read that. those books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you're, you're talking about the, the first Christian book other yeah. than the Bible yeah. you read was How to Be Led by How the Spirit. How to Be Led by the Spirit of God. And so that just... That started me down a path, and and then that the next thing I began to, to frequent Daddy's library, and borrow books, and then the next thing was tapes. And he had, you remember some of this stuff. He had, of course, the the uh, tape of the month from from back yeah. in those years. Which, which uh, we actually still have it. It's called Method, Message of the Month. You yeah. don't get a tape, right? We, yeah, but we, but we we still have that. If you would like to to join that, yeah, here. it's MP3 now. Yeah, it's MP3. But that introduced me to Pastor. Yeah, and I'm telling you something. Even in those early years, so we're still 1989, or we are we? We're, we're, we're in we're in 89, in 90s. 92, 90, 90, 92, and yeah. right in there, not, maybe 91, 90. We're in the early early years there, and uh, something happened. Even there, that far back, I received him in my heart as a pastor, as my pastor, yeah. uh, 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 your daddy, and uh, that served me well for all these years. And they, they still messages he preached that from was from them old tapes. I can remember where I was at, what tractor I was on, what I what was, tractor you were. I ain't kidding you. What I was doing because it left that kind of mark. Amen. But I would listen to those tapes, and even you remember um, th- those blue albums. Yeah, they used to have like Best of Camp Meet in 1978 and that kind of stuff. You know, some of those years, I felt like I felt like Paul. I felt like a man out of time, and so I'm listening to all this stuff on the tractor, on the combine, uh, all these past years of stuff in in '89, '90, '91. So you had a pretty fancy tractor. You had a cassette player oh, inside yeah, there, yeah, or, or did you have a Walkman? No, well, I did have Walkman, but I didn't do a lot of walking. Okay. Yeah, I was on the fancy tractor. Now, now for, for some of you guys that, that are, are younger, you know, we had the Walkman, then we had the Discman, which was yeah. basically the Walkman was, was a cassette player with, with headphones and then turned into the Discman, mm-hmm. with, which had a compact disc with yeah. headphones. Yeah. Then later on, you had MP3 players, and now everyone just has a phone that plays MP3s yeah. on yeah. the phone. but. But yeah, way back in the day. But but you actually had a cassette deck in your tractor. In the tractor, stereo, baby. Yes, yeah, stereo. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know. yeah. So I mean, you know, for, for people like me, I mean, I, I didn't grow up in the country in the farm, and you know, that that, that seems like it's that's that's, that's pretty exotic. Well, what they've got now is a lot better. But those were the first generation like with John Deere. They called it the Soundguard cab. Yeah. You know, and so. But anyway, I and so Daddy had they over the years they had not only that they had bought certain cassette tape series so once yeah. i finally had burned my way through all of his stuff i started buying stuff on my own and then i would call out here um yeah. 
uh, before camp meeting and before winter Bible and pre-order. You know, this is before yeah, the internet. Yeah, pre-order the and they would send them, and I would listen cassettes. to to all of that stuff. And then um, it was uh, you might help me with these years. Um, the last time that Brother Hagen did a crusade in Augusta at the Bell Auditorium, all face crusade before I, I was there. I know so, you were there. So, that it, was the first meeting Kim and I went to. Okay, so um, ninety. I started doing um crusades and I took over in eighty nine. So it was nineteen ninety one ninety two probably. I was thinking it would have been ninety two. Yeah, it's probably ninety one ninety two because because okay. we did we did. Um, when I first took over, my grandfather wanted to, to do only crusades in, in, in auditoriums. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and basically because if you go to one church, some people from other churches don't want to go to that church or whatever. But you go to auditorium, people from all the churches come to the auditorium. And, and so we, we would kind of have – we would work with a number of different churches. And, yeah, we were went yeah. to Augusta, That's Georgia. That's the first meeting we ever went to in 92 was at that Bell Auditorium. Yeah. And it was during that time we were uh, – me and two more guys – we we preached in the jail every Sunday, uh, and I taught Sunday school. Yeah, uh, you, you want to hear some a, a behind the scenes story about that auditorium? All right. Um, you know, a lot of these places they, they have um, 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 what do you call it? Union workers or whatever. So um, you know, we, we were we were doing the thing. We we had to hire a guy who was who was a fireman who who like controlled that. We had to hire mm -hmm. a police officer. And we had to hire a guy who opened and closed the curtain. And I said, um, we don't open and close the curtain. You know, we, we keep it open all the time. He goes, well, no, you have to open and close the curtain. So I don't know. You probably never noticed. But every night at the end of the service, finally, eventually, the curtain would close. And we had to pay a guy to do that. And they had to sit there. <laughs> and then they would open the, the curtain the next morning and close the curtain afterwards. And so we, wow. we had to pay an, an individual who sat in the back, who was a very nice individual, I will say, very, very good guy, who opened and closed the curtain. But it was required. It was required, you know, that. because it was it was union wages, and we had to <laughs> pay a guy to open and close the curtain. He had to be there the whole time in case we decided in the middle of our, our, our show, quote-unquote, we wanted to close the curtain again. So, <laughs> so th those are the things you do whenever yeah. you have to negotiate with an um, auditorium. And, you know, as some of you may or may not know, for, for many years that – uh, I spent my life as the crusade director for Kenneth Hagin Ministries and had to negotiate quite a bit of stuff and, and you know, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff that nobody would ever know. So so here we are. We're opening and closing the curtain in Augusta, Georgia. You're, you're there with some friends. and Yeah, just me and Kim. Oh, we just you and Kim. Just, just us by ourselves. We went. And then, then in and, 90, and how far was Augusta from? from uh, Augusta was about a two-hour drive. About a two-hour drive. From, from where we live. And then in 94, we came here. Okay. For the first time. So that was and, two. And you, you didn't go to rbtc.org because <laughs> yeah, yeah. the internet wasn't really existing. But, wasn't but, but if you're out there and you, and you might want to find out more information about RAMA, rbtc.org, and you can click a little place and, and fill information out to find some more information about RAMA. We'll have a guy, we'll have a person call you. Um, we'll send you out some material and tell you all about RAMA. Amen. You don't even have to come and visit here first. You don't have but, to come but, and, and if some of you out there, you say, well, I want to get a hold of some of those those messages that Tony's talking about. If you go to rhema.org, rhema.org, and go to our bookstore, I actually I think you can just slash bookstore, you can order all all of those cassette tapes are now on MP3. You yeah. can order those. Download them. And you can download them you know, right there 
um, from your own computer if you have internet, unlike they did. We talked to Justin Wiggins um, on one of our <laughs> programs, and he, he didn't really have good internet. Um, but um, you, got, you had decent internet, right, in Georgia when you, you were there? Well, not, not back then. Well, not back then. No, well, back then, nobody had, <laughs> internet. Nobody had internet. Well, actually, Tony, I, I got I to um, tell you something. I was on the internet back, you know, in, during those times. Um, I, I used to be on CompuServe I, and before AOL. Then I, I was on AOL 1.0. 1.0. And so back in this time when, when you didn't know the internet existed, I was on the internet. On the internet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I believe that Rayma had our first website around 92 that, that we, we introduced. We put Rayma really? uh, on, on the website. And, you know, and we actually did a... Um, a streaming um, um, crusade, I, I believe it was 99 or so, we actually streamed that live on the Internet and also did a oh, did that, thing. Yeah. That's something else. We, we got a hold of back in, those, in the early 90s, um, here again, feeling like a person living out of time, VCR tapes. Yeah. Of those old satellite seminars. Satellite seminars. Yeah, we did satellite seminars. And we watched all of those. And, and some of our, actually our last satellite seminar, we actually were able to live stream it, you know, only audio only. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it, you know, it was pretty awesome because, you know, people were able to listen all over, yeah. all over the world. Um, you know, and that was kind of the birthplace of the, of the Internet. Um, actually, I know when it was 1997. And the only reason I know that was because my, my son was born, um, my little boy Blake. Um, right after that, in fact, he was could, could be born any point in time, and mm-hmm. it happened to be right after that crusade. Wow. So you know, yeah, I, I love crusades. I mean, that's some that's something. Well, I'll like, intersect yeah. with you again here. So we came here in '94, first time we'd ever been to Tulsa. First first time I'd ever been on an airplane was to fly to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to come to Winter Bible Seminar. Really, first yeah. time ever, ever in my life. And uh, and so we came here to Winter Bible. And so this, was that the furthest west you ever been further, at that point in time? Further, furthest west I'd ever been to that point. Wow. We came here and came to Winter Bible, stayed all week uh, in this building. Um, and then uh, it was that week uh, the Lord dealt with me uh, about coming to school here. And I, uh, in my hotel room, just literally uh, laid in the bed and wept. Um, the Lord was, it was so heavy. Uh, the Spirit of God upon me about coming to school here. And, you know, I think I've heard those kind of stories many mm-hmm. times how when people come to this campus, it's just, you know, they don't know what they yeah. m- maybe need to do or want to do or whatever, but there's something about coming and visiting campus. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's a winter Bible seminar, whether it's a camp meeting, whether it's a men's conference, women's conference, or whether you're coming for a college weekend, which is coming up in, in April, April 9th, 10th, and 11th, um, you know, they come to campus and say, once I came to campus, there was something, you know, that, like I said, you know, yeah, I've, I've, yeah. Heard, I've heard the story of, you know, I, I've wept, I, you know, just mm-hmm. something about the campus here. I mean, it's not that, it's not that there's just a magical place. It, it's just, you know, you, you can feel the anointing, yeah. you know, and, and God has a plan for each and every one of us. So here you are, you're, you're weeping at yep. Winter Bible Seminar. So we go, we go home. 1994. 1994. We go home and two months, two, three months from that time. My father-in-law, who's a pastor that we're serving under in that Assembly of God church, has his first heart attack, and uh, I have to fill the pulpit. I've been doing jail ministry. I've been teaching Sunday school, but I've never preached. 
in the main auditorium for a regular service. It's a big church. Big church. And we call it big church. And I preach one of Brother Hagin's many books as my sermon outline. Well, what book was it? Yeah, Why Tongues. Why Tongues. Yeah, I thought, why not go big, you know, when we first <laughs> Go big or go home. Yeah, go big or go home. It's Wednesday night service, so, you know. Yeah, so. And so uh, I've been preaching since 94 uh, in, in that, re- that capacity. And so then in 95, uh, we went to Lakeland. To that meeting down okay. there, you were there, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then, so then in '96, we came out here in November to kind of spy out the land. That was Lakeland, Florida, by the way. Yeah, Lakeland, now, Florida. Now, was was that in the church or was that in the convention that center? That was in the church. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we came out here in November, the week before Thanksgiving, and got iced in. <laughs> In and, and that's and that's not normal. That, that is not normal. It's not normal to have ice Mm-mm. in Thanksgiving time here in yeah. Tulsa. Now it is normal a lot of places, yeah. but but not in Tulsa. And the and the then dean of the school, Gary Crow, is the one who took us to the airport. Oh really? Yeah, got connected with Gary back then. And then uh, in '97, the spring, um, we we decided to come for get acquainted weekend, and to uh, house hunt. Because we've already made our mind up. The fact is, at that time, I'd already enrolled. Yeah. So, but, but you pretty much made your mind up in 94. But, yeah, but, my but, mind's made up, but we it takes but, time but, to shift. Yeah, and and then I, I'm, I'm assuming that, you know, the pastor who happened to be your father-in-law mm-hmm. probably wasn't. I mean, you know, they want to see you fulfill your call of ministry, but they also, you know, you were probably pretty important at the church as he, well. He, he hated to see us leave. He, he especially hated to see, see me his take his daughter, daughter away. Yeah. But his exact words were, I wondered when you were going to obey God. That's what he said. And, you know, a lot of people, I've heard a lot of stories coming to Raymond and said, you know, I should have came 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, maybe you're out here today and you're thinking, you know, I should have came 10 years ago. I should have came five years ago. Well, maybe you should come now. Yeah. Amen. You know, make a decision, man. It's, it's 2021. We've, we've had a, a kind of crazy 2020. We might, might as well. Let's just start off fresh. Let's do what we should have done. A long time ago. Yeah, because if I wasn't such an idiot, I probably came in, in 1989. Yeah. But now I'm coming, you know, in 1997, uh, you know, actually starting school, and I got a wife and a three-year-old and a six-year-old. And it's not as easy to come right. whenever you have a whole family, That's especially. Right. I mean, I mean, it's one thing to be you and your wife, but another thing when you are, you have two kiddos. That's there. right. I'm, I'm going to show you though, God, how God works, uh, in. So we'd already made the decision, even in 96, I mean, when I, we made that trip. We had some friends out here uh, that we had gotten acquainted with. Uh, you actually had friends? I had friends. Ray McGrath's. In low places or high places? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Uh, but good friends of ours that were Ray McGrath's. And, uh, um, and, and so we had visited them when we came in November of 96. And just before coming in 97... Uh, on that trip, uh, which is what's college weekend now. Yeah. Uh, we used to call it get acquainted with Raymond. We used to call it get acquainted with Raymond. I actually had a dream. And in my dream, I saw myself mowing the grass in my yard, the yard of my ha- my home in Broken Arrow across the street from my friends. Oh, really? Yeah. And I woke up the next morning and thought, wow, that was, that was kind of crazy. That was cool. <laughs> when we landed, we flew out here that in April for Get Acquainted weekend and to, to look for a, a place to live. The day before we landed, the house across the street from then came up for sale. We were the first people to look at it. I bought it that weekend. Oh, wow. And, 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 and 
we were selling our little place. And, and you knew it was the house in your dream. I knew it was the house in the dream. It had to be because across the street. Not necessarily wasn't the dream house, but yeah, it wasn't the dream house, but it was the house across the street from yeah. my friend. And so we had. And, uh, and it wasn't for sale whenever you had the dream. It was not for sale when I had, when I had the dream. Wow. And uh, we lived in a double wide mobile home uh, on the farm, and I had I had I had a buyer for it. And, and but now I've I've got to purchase a home in Oklahoma, and so you know we were talking on a previous podcast about small town America. So yeah. I go to the small town bank in Willacoochee. I know the man that owns it. I sat down and his name's Charlie Bray. I sat down in Charlie's office and I said, Charlie, I said I'm sure you've heard by now that we're leaving, moving to Oklahoma to go to Bible school, and um, I found the house out there I want to buy. And um, I already know that um, you're doing the, more, the loan for the fellow that's buying my mobile home. And I said, I want you to do the loan for my home in Oklahoma. He says, um, well, Tony, you got a job out there? I said, no, but I'll get one when I get there. <laughs> he said, well, Tony, we don't do out-of-state real estate. I said, Charlie, you own the bank. You can do whatever you want. He kind of huffed at me and and the uh, next thing, he was quoting me an interest rate, and he says, I'll charge you $100 to close the loan. And he financed the house, and we bought it. And you didn't have a job yet. I didn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> and so we moved out here and came to school, and uh, um, uh, it, was, it was the best thing we've ever done. And uh, God blessed it, and, and um, it was amazing. And so we graduated uh, in '99. And uh, was I even teaching yet during that yeah, time? Yeah, I had you. Yeah, <laughs> sure did. Uh, seemed like there was. I know you did the finance class. Yeah. Seemed like there was something else, but I can't remember. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, t- I taught youth classes. Yeah. But I can't remember. I know yeah. the finance for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then after after graduation, uh, we went um, immediately into a full time ministry position that where we uh, we were kind of staff ministers and really did little bit of everything including pastoring a church that was connected to that ministry and then and that was out in kentucky right no that was in in georgia in georgia oh yeah uh actually uh so you went back to georgia went back within about two and a half hours of home um and then um in 2001 so we were talking about 911 off air yeah uh today uh that year was um you know because things happen and they either make you or break you (laughs) And uh, we found ourselves in transition. And, uh, you know, also on a previous podcast, we talked about, you know, your children. And, uh, you know, we're in transition. Uh, ministry is what we do for a living. And, um, you know, we got, I got a wife and I got two kids and I got a mortgage and we got to eat. Yeah. And so, you know, the... Uh, only thing I know how to do outside of ministry is farm, farm and run heavy equipment. If it rolls on the ground, I can drive it. And so the landfill that was close by was hiring. And so I humbled myself and put in an application and got hired. And I worked at landfill for almost a year. And that entire year, my confession was, Lord, you said in the Bible that you raise up the needy out of the dunghill. Surely you can get me out of the landfill. And so I think but, I preached. But, but but you did what you, you did what I had to what do. you had to do. Yeah, and that's yeah. some people aren't willing to do what they yeah. need to do yeah. until they get to the point where yeah. they don't have to do it anymore. That's right. Yeah, and so I think I preached twice that year, and um, 
worked at that landfill running heavy equipment. We were building a railroad spur uh, and then began to move um, garbage in. And uh, But anyway, uh, what I want to get to there, God found me in the landfill. And because uh, I'm going to tell you what, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, here I have, I've left a farm, I've left a future, you know, and I'm, I'm barely, you know, two years out here in ministry, and here I am working in a landfill. You know, I'm feeling pretty low. I actually yeah. lost, well, I need to do it again, but I lost 40 pounds that year, just just the grief and the stress and, you know. And um, I'm shuffling along my feet, just kind of kicking the dirt. Um, and, and there's some people listening that probably feels the same way after yeah. 2020. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the, they they might not have the job they had before, but mm-hmm. their, their company might have went under and they don't know what to do, man. You can you can rely on God and God, yeah. God can take care of you no yes, matter sir. what you're going through. Yeah, he sure can. But I, I was on top of what we would call on top of the hill uh, and uh, unloaded my truck. And I was a Mack truck. I, I got out and walked to the back to open the tailgate, just kicking the dirt. And when I kicked the dirt, this is not on video, so you can't see it, but I, there was this book. I kicked the dirt off of it. You can see this. T- I purposely didn't clean it up too much. There's still dirt on it to this day. In the garbage was um, Brother Hagin's book, Kenneth E. Hagin's book, The Ministry Gifts. So Brother Hagin's been following you around since you're eight years He's old. He's been following me around since I was eight years old, <laughs> everywhere I look. And I, I, when I realized what that was, I bent down and picked it up and I started crying. And because this is all about the gifts and callings of God. And I thought, you know, God, you hadn't plumb forgot me. Yeah. And I picked that book up, kind of brushed some of the dirt off and put it in my truck. And I reread it because I've already read it before. And I've kept it all these years. That was 2001. And, and that's the book on the ministry gifts. Yeah. Like I said, it, it's a, like a brownish book. And you can order that at Raymond.org. Mm-hmm. Or if you if you want a digital copy, you, you can go yeah. to to one of the places like Amazon, uh, Kindle Store, or the Apple Bookstore, and yeah. you can order a digital book, and that's uh, the Ministry Gifts. And, yeah. and um, so you read that book, and it kind of rekindled your flame. It did, so and we just stayed steady. And by the by the beginning of that next year, we've sold our place there. Um, we're asked to take a church closer to home, and pretty much the rest is history. We transitioned from there, and sometime later, and became associate pastors of a large church up in the Atlanta area. Um, which got us heavily involved in helping oversee RMAI for the region. And then from there, we, we, we moved up north and took a church in northern Kentucky. Pastored there for almost 10 years. You no, know, Kentucky is not really north, but well, it, it was, was north it, for you. It's north for us. <laughs> At that time. <laughs> and, uh, and while we were there, we were district directors for our Raymond Minister Association. And then in 2014, uh, got a call from Pastor in March, right after Winter Bomb Seminar, and we moved back here and have been here that since then working with the alumni, the Minister um, Association, and teaching in the school and loving what we do. So when you're working in that landfill, you, you probably never thought in a million years you, you would be here on the Raymond campus. Thought that was it. Um, being a teacher and also being a part of RMAI. And RMAI, for you listeners that don't know, this Raymond Minister Association International, that, that's where um, 
ministers that we license and ordain, you know, all across the world, actually, you know, have a fellowship together. And, it, and it's very important if you're a yeah. RAMA graduate to get involved in RMAI. And, uh, you know, and, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have fellowship no matter where you happen to be Absolutely. in the United States of America or yeah. around the world. I know we had Brother John with us on and he's, he's over RMAI in, in, in Europe. And, you know, they have a real close knit organization over there. And, you know, it's just a wonderful thing. Yeah. And, and I know Tony's very involved, you know, in, in that. It works with Doug Jones. Many of us, many yeah. of you know Doug Jones. He's been around since Methuselah. No, he's, <laughs> he's, he, a, fi- he's a fixture around here. Yeah, he, he graduated the first class of Raymond. He actually lived with my grandfather for a number of years, yeah. traveled on the road. And, you know, he also went out and did some things and came back. And he's been here and just a blessing to each and every one of us. But, I mean, you probably, you know, a lot of times we get put in a situation where, Maybe we don't want to be, but you know what? If you'll just hold on, That's right. you know, God has a plan and a purpose yeah. and, and, and he'll lead you to, to that place. Yeah, sure and and obviously you went to many places before you ended up here, mm-hmm. you know, um, but now you're here yep. and now you have a weekly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Big time now, baby. Big time. You're able to speak to people all over, yeah. all over I India. It, I made it clear to Granny's attic and got a voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you never know. I mean, you know, yeah. you know you know, where you might end up. And, you know, a lot of times though, people give up yeah. when they're in a situation. It says, would have been easy to do. I'm telling you what, yeah, even back then. Because, you know, obviously, um, you know, instead of being, going to the ministry direction, you could have went to the heavy equipment direction. Mm-hmm. And said, you know, like I said, oh, you, they wanted, at, even at that time, um, there was a, what you call a C and D landfill, which is construction debris, not household garbage. Yeah. Uh, a new one up in Atlanta. Uh, that company that oversaw the one where I was at, they wanted me to move to Atlanta and oversee the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, God didn't call me to, to the business world. Yeah. You and know. so you, you have to know what you're called to do, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, you know, obviously, you know, you, but you, you really, really never planned to end up here. Mm-mm. It just happened. You know, yeah. I mean, I had a guy call me the other day and said, you know, well, I'd like to be a teacher. Hey, man, how, how do you do that? I'm like, I, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a teacher when I was here in school tell me, you want me to tell you how how to never be a teacher at Raymond? <laughs> Everybody's listening and ready to take the notes. He says, ask to be a teacher at Raymond. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, you know, God lays it. Yeah. Different people on, on our, our hearts to, um, um, you know, I mean, I'm. I really haven't been heavily in the, in that thing. I wasn't heavily involved in, in hiring you. Um, you know, that's kind well, of well, and just you know, it wasn't what maybe two weeks after Pastor called me, I got a call from your mom says wanting my wife's cell number, and and, yeah. and then she got the position she has now, and, and uh, yeah, and, and, and that both my kids wound up graduating from here. I mean, we're all in, man. Yeah, and for somebody that. That Kim is our assistant. I mean, you know, I guess technically is my parents' assistant, but I have to use her too sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> she's the only secretary I actually have, so you know, so she does. You know, but she she really works more for my mom and dad. And she yeah. just does a few things for me because I beg her to. <laughs> no, she works in obviously some. You know, she has listened to to all of us, bicker and talk, <laughs> and things like that. So um, you know, we. I get to talk to Kim every day. You know, I get to talk to Tony every day. But you know, when, when we do, our, our like Justin was saying, whenever we interview him on the on the podcast, he likes the pre podcast. 
<laughs> even better than the podcast you know we, we you know have a good time and so now tony how, how long have you been back here so you, so dad talked to you in 2014 and said, yeah, did you we, come he called me that was in so we've been we moved back here um august the first i think maybe of 2014 yeah yeah and so this would be like my seventh graduating class or eighth i don't have lost track yeah and so now you became a fixture here yeah, um, I guess so. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, and so, uh, like I said, you know, God has a plan. Amen. And, you know, I- I'm assuming when you came to Rama, you had no clue what, what... I didn't, and, you know, that's interesting you brought that up. It was just last week I had a student uh, catch me outside, actually, and bless her heart, she was she was really torn up. You yeah. know, how do I know what I'm supposed to do? Yeah. How do I know what God's called me? And, and that's a big question a lot of people yeah, have. Yeah, and I and Whether they go to Raymond or don't go to Raymond, yeah, how, how do I know what God's yeah, called she, me to do? She's a first-year student. Yeah. I said, honey, don't worry about that. I said, let God work that out in time. I said, you focus on studying right now. I said, you want to know a little secret? I said, I never knew what I was supposed to do. <laughs> I said, you know, sometimes I still don't know what I'm doing. You well, know? if we go back to my grandfather, you know, he, he – even whenever he was he was pastor in churches and he pastored twelve churches, um, different times and you know, you know, he had opportunities to pastor in other churches and and then after he finished pastoring he's on his twelfth church, the Lord says it's time to enter your first phase of ministry. Mm-hmm. He's like, what was I doing for twelve years? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, but he he was. He was getting ready for what God, mm-hmm. you know, had for him, and it wasn't. And then he went on the uh, into what they call the field ministry and traveled, traveled around. Got got really heavily involved with in the um, full gospel businessmen. Yeah, um, and obviously that's how you yeah. know, your, your father, Absolutely. You, know, you know, and he traveled quite a bit. But it wasn't until um, you know 1974 when we started Raymond Bible Training College, and he was 59 years of age. And, you know, from, from that to- point until the time he, he passed on was, was his most successful years in ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of people thinking, well, you know, man, it's, it's going to happen today, but it doesn't always happen today. No, everything takes time. You I mean, know, even what I'm doing now in order to impart to these students or to, to uh, counsel, advise, or help these pastors, i got to have a well to draw from. And that took years to dig no. that. And, and I think a, a lot of young pastors, they go out and pioneer a church or they're working at a church, and, and they feel frustration because, you know, the church isn't growing the way they think it should grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to get a 1,000 people overnight. Now, now there are some churches that that's happened before. Yeah. You know, they just show up and for whatever, the right time, the right place, whatever, you know, just people just flocked. But that don't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. And so we need to, you know, we have to be faithful. Yeah. You know, and God is always faithful yes, as well, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, and like I said, a lot, of, a lot of you, maybe you don't know that you're necessarily called to the ministry. Maybe you just like, you know, Craig, I just want to learn more about the word. More, you know, I, and I think it's, I think it's important to really have, have a, a foundation of, yes. of the word of God, especially in the world that we're living here in Absolutely. 2021. You know, we're facing uncertainty about a lot of things in our life. Um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. There's been a lot of persecution among people who are Christians, even in the generation that we're, we're living in, you know. And so a lot of folks don't know what to do. And, and man, I think it would benefit each and every person to come spend at least two years out of their life to come to Rainbow Valley Training College, which yep. Rainbow is, is a two-year program, and then we have a, a third-year, you know, third- and fourth-year options that go to third-year pastors and, and you know, third-year missions or third-year music and different things like that as, as well. And, you know, 
if you would like to check us out, rbtc.org and check out Rama. You know, and like I said, not all of you know what you're going to do. And Rama's not just a, a college for young people. You know, I mean, you know, we've had people on the show that's been 18. We have other, other you know, how old were you when you finally came to Rama? I guess, uh, I guess I was 27 now that I think about it. So you're 27 years of age, married with two kids. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and that's not uncommon here at Rama. I mean, you know, it's not just the 18 to 22 year olds, although we do have a lot of 18 to 22 year olds. And, and a lot of those folks grew up in one of our, what we call Rhema churches, Rhema grad mm-hmm. churches. All that. And then some people had no clue about what Rhema is. Right. They just, you know, wanted to learn more about the ministry and, and God just laid it on their heart about Rhema Bible Training College. And, you know, and, and we do want to encourage you, like I said, you came to, to a, a, what they call Get Acquainted Weekend at the time. We call it Rhema College Weekend now, April 9th, 10th, and 11th, and, and it's a wonderful time. Um, rbtc.org, and you can find out more about Rhema. And you can have awesome instructors like like myself and yourself and, and many other folks that, that really, you know, you know, we're we're a little more on the funny side, yeah. the, the non-serious side, <laughs> but you do have some serious instructors too. Oh, yeah. You know, they're they're good as well. But you know, we, I always tell people, you know what? If nothing else, you're going to have a good time in class. I mean, that's a, <laughs> you know, whether you learn something or not, laugh and learn. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the classes I teach is financial management, and basically it's a basic budgeting class. And you know, a lot of times some of the folks, especially the older students, are, are you know. Hopefully they already knew how to budget, you know, but we talk about if you can't be a good steward of your own money, you can't be a good steward of God's Mm -hmm. money. And so we talk about basic budgeting and every 18 or 19 year old needs this, but not every 30 year old needs it. So I said, you know, you might not learn a lot, but we're going to have a good time in class. And and we we always do. And and actually it's funny, the older student who doesn't really need my class was saying, man, I wish I had this at 18, (laughs) you know, because we just talk about some basic budgeting things. And then we do, you know. We talk about both naturally, that's natural side first, and then the spiritual side of, of financial blessing as well and, and how how God will meet your need. Because, you know, until you budget your money, you don't know what you need. But mm-hmm. once you find out, hey, I'm not making enough money to make it, this is what i got to believe God for. Yeah. And it's, it's always a wonderful time. So rbtc.org, and you can come and you can learn from instructors like, like ourselves. And, and like I said, you know, people sometimes think that ministers are, are boring and they're they're you know but you know we're not really that boring um and that, i don't I'm, think so i'm proud to say you know and in, in fact a lot of my messages um that i preach today i really I, they're really more youth messages than they are for adults <laughs> <laughs> you know just i spend a lot of time in youth ministry anyway well you know it's good to hear your story because sometimes you know um I mean, i've known you you know for a long time but but i really didn't know all your story i mean you know actually was doing the podcast you know sometimes we hear bits and pieces mm-hmm. you know of, of your story but i hadn't heard your complete story and you know it is funny how not i don't know if funny is the right word but it's interesting yeah how like i said you know i, I kind of joked that brother higgins followed you since you're eight years old it's and truth. i mean every, diff, it, different times in your life where, where rama has intersected with you yeah. even to the point whenever you were there you know mm-hmm. In a landfill, yeah, and you know, and, and uncover a book, yeah. I'm serious, and, you know, and that's not the most common book that many people read. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, no, you know, I mean, that has more specific, and, yeah, and ministry gifts. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, that book was written more toward ministers and yeah. people going into ministry, yeah. you know, about gifts and callings um, that you need to have operating in your life, yeah. and, and um, you know, it's a great book. But it's not necessarily, I mean, it's not like the believer's authority, right. which is, or which the is new birth or, or something, the new birth I mean, or something, I mean, you know, but, yeah. but you know what? God has a way of getting what you need. He sure does. In fact, I, I was, um, 
um, I talked to an individual, this is a number of years ago, actually, and he was over in a, in a foreign countries. I, I believe he was in Italy. I'm not 100% sure about that. Um, he was in Italy and went to a Christian bookstore in, in Italy, and he was having some, some physical um, you know, issues or whatever, but all, all the books there, I mean, they were all in Italian, but he was just, you know, kind of cool. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a Christian bookstore. And, and actually, I guess they had some of our books in the, um, that we translated to in, in Italian. And he looked over there on, on top of the shelf. There was God's medicine in English. Wow. And it was not actually in the thing, but it was sitting on top. And so he came and took it to the, the guy who, who owned the, the bookstore and said, I want, I want to buy this book. He goes, that book's not my book. It's not for sale. I mean, you know, he said, I guess you can just have it. I mean, it's not, it's not one of our books, Wow. but he said it was a very book I needed because I was going through some time of sickness and disease. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and he said, really, I, I knew a lot of things in that book, but I, I needed to, to learn about God's medicine. And so here he was, he was in, in Italy at an Italian bookstore. And all of a sudden the book he needed you know, in English was sitting there, you know, that's just how, you know, I mean, God can bring things across your path, you know, no matter where you are, yeah, no matter what you're you doing. Ask or think. Yeah. It's just so awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to end today's broadcast like we would in every broadcast here at Raymond. We're bringing hope, hope help and healing, healing to the world. world.